for listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. Turn to Numbers chapter 13. It's like, whoa, we're going to Old Testament. Yeah, we're going to take a journey in the Old Testament this morning because as I was preparing for this message, I believe that God was saying to me that there's a lot of stories in the Old Testament that has to do with things that are going on right now. And this this whole thing about the, the battlefield of our mind and us taking ground in our mind, if you remember, I had a dream uh, one time where the Lord was taking me through this battlefield and it looked like rut. there was craters and there's casualties and there's stuff that was going on in this field. And I was like, what is that? And the Lord, was, the Lord said to me, that's your mind. I go, wow, it looks rough. So you saw that I'd won some battles. I had lost some battles. There was some, there was just, it just looked like it was rough. And then what uh, the Lord said is, he goes, yes, there's a battle that goes on, but I'm going to heal that place in your mind. I want to heal these places in your mind so that you can be everything that I've called you to be and do everything that I've called you to do. And even in that, the, the Bible says this, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So much that has to do with the mind. So as a man, think about that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever goes on in your mind, the things that you're thinking about, you think about it because you say, well, and we told you that the, the necessarily the thoughts that you have going in your own in your mind aren't necessarily your thoughts, right? Just, we could be a place where somebody puts that thought in your mind. If I tell you, hey, don't think about pink elephants, what's on your mind right now? <laughs> Some of you like hamburgers. Okay, whatever. So, <laughs> hot dogs. Anyway, whatever. So sometimes those, the enemy placed the, those thoughts in your mind. Then he condemns you for thinking the thought. And, and so he just, I mean, like I said, he doesn't play fair. He's, he's a liar. Can I just establish that this morning? I want you to hear that this morning. He is a liar. He is a lie. The Bible says that every, every man, everybody else be a liar, but God's word be true. He's a liar. He doesn't fight fair. I told you that he is, he is vile. He's a murderer. He's a thief. He's, he lies to you. And I'm going to give you a secret this morning to tell how, uh, if, if you can tell, if he's lying. If his lips are moving, he's lying. If he's talking to you and he's speaking to you, he is lying. He's a lie. That's what he does. He just said, but we believe those lies. Sometimes we believe those lies. And I'm telling you, God wants us to be able to establish who we are and us to take back ground that we've given to the enemy in our minds so that we can think. Because the Bible says, he said, well, his thoughts are not our thoughts, said the Lord. His ways are not our ways. But I want to tell you this morning, I want to declare this over you, that you have the mind of Christ. You have the very mind of Christ, even when he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. We can have the mind of Christ. And we've been talking about freedom. And remember, freedom is not being able to do whatever you want to do, right? We want to establish that. It's like, I'm free. No, you're not free to do whatever you want to do. You're free to do God's will and walk in his ways. Amen? So Numbers, chapter 13, here's a story you've, you've heard before, and I'm not going to, I'm going to do some skipping around in this story, so we'll read the whole thing, but I want you to, to get yourself into this, <laughs> this mindset. Remember, we're not just reading scripture just to read it. I want you to put yourself in the place uh, of the story. Numbers, chapter 13, verse 1, says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, because I don't know what's in the land and I need to know and try to find out what's actually there. Listen, that's not in there. I'm just, I'm reading that. I'm just saying that. How many know that when God says to send people out to spy in the land, he already knows what's in the land, right? 
Usually when he's saying something like that, he's wanting us to step in to say he wants us to find out something. It's not like he's like, hey, I need you to go do something for me. Can you spy out the land of Canaan? I have no idea what's going on in there. <laughs> he knows what's going on, but it's for us. So it's verse 2, let's read it again. Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone, a leader among them. And I want to skip on down to verse 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not. Be of good courage. And bring some of the fruit, uh, bring some of the fruit of the land. And now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. That's a good time. I love grapes. So they went up and spied out the land, out the land from the wilderness of Zin, as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. Ahim, Seshai, and Tamai, the descendants of Anak, were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Verse 23, and they came, and then they came to the valley of Eshcol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they carry it between two of them on a pole. Now, I want you to picture that. That's some grapes for you right there, right? I mean, I can't go into Tom Thumb and find grapes like that. I can't go anywhere and find grapes like that. But so, it's, I mean, listen to the language that's going, that he's talking about. I want you to spy out the land, find out if the land is good. Find out if there's good, if there's a stronghold or camps. He wants you to go spy out the land. Listen, for me, I know I try to put myself in the place of the scripture, but the truth is they would have had me at God said he was giving us the land. God is good. You know the land is good because he's good, right? He's not going to give them anything. So anyway, so, he's, so they'd have had me at, at, at go spy out the land. Like, God, if you're giving it to us, then I know that it's good because he's a good, good father. And here's, here's what it said. At Credit Pool, they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Esco because of, of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. And they were departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them. Listen, they showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, everybody say nevertheless. There's always some nevertheless in the crowd. You know what I'm talking about? There's people that be drinking that. They drink that haterade, you know. You call it Gatorade. I'm talking about haterade. There's, always, there's people always drinking haterade. So nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, and we saw the descendants of Anak there and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mount. All the ites and bites dwell in the land. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses. Now, I just want to stop here just for a second. I want you to let's go up here just for a second. Sometimes in the midst of all of the, the reports, you got to quiet your soul before God. Yeah. 
In the midst of the noise that's going on in your life, you have to get to a place where you quiet your soul, quiet your mind, and really hear what God is wanting to say to you. So a lot of times, I'm telling you, in the middle, Pastor Terry said this last week, but in the middle of all this noise, the news is screaming at you. Your circumstances are screaming at you. Your feelings are screaming at you, trying to tell you what to think and what to feel. You've got to quiet yourself in a place where you, what is God really saying to me? What am I really receiving in my mind? What is my mind receiving? Because you have to be responsible for the traffic that goes on in your mind. Amen? You are responsible for the thoughts that go on in your mind. Sometimes you got to get to a place. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So I'm telling you, sometimes you got to quiet your soul before God. And so Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone, which we have gone as spies is a land that devour, devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw, who saw it were men of great stature. There were giants in the land. Verse 33. I want you to hear this. This is the, the, the climax of what I wanted you to hear, what, I, what he's saying. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our, own, in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And let me tell you this. This is a question I have for them. Who told them that? Where did they get that from? Who said that they were like grasshoppers? Did they go ask them? Because if you're spies, that's not being a very good spy. Hey, do we look like grasshoppers to you? That's not what you do. So somewhere there was a thought planted in their mind that they looked like grasshoppers, not only to themselves, but also to the people that they were spying out. And so the thought was planted there. And so what I want to tell you this morning, the truth is, is that the, whatever the enemy tries to plant in your mind, that's what it says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you see it that way, then, then, then it is that way. That's why it's important for us as we think on the thoughts that God has for us, that we see our situation and see ourselves as he sees us. What does the word of God say about you? What does the word of God say about your situation? Well, I know that we look like grasshoppers, and, and not only do we look like grasshoppers, but they, they think we look like grasshoppers. Now, where'd you get that from? It goes all the way back to the garden when, when they said, well, the fruit, and I know that, that God said not to eat of the tree, but it makes one wise, and so therefore we ate of the tree, and then, now we're naked, and now we're hiding from the presence of God. Who told you you were naked? So I'm asking you a question this morning. Who told you that you couldn't get that job? Who told you that you were always going to be broke? Who told you that you were never going to be accepted and you were never going to get married and you were never going to go forward in the things of God? Who told you that you weren't enough? Who told you that you can't do it? And who, who's put that thought in your mind that told you that you were never going to make it and you just have to sit back and wait for, for heaven to come because you're not going to be able to advance? Who told you that? Now, listen, it's time for the body of Christ to begin to start asking some questions this morning to try to find out where those thoughts are coming from because if those thoughts aren't coming from God, you need to eradicate those thoughts and begin to think what God says about you and what he says about your situation and what he says about your circumstance because God is not a man that he should lie, but he knows what, what he has in store for us and it's good things in store for us. 
Amen? So some of you have maybe believed some thoughts that he hadn't told you about yourself. So turn to Romans 8. Pastor Terry was there last week, but I'm going to read it again this, this morning because um, it's, it's so important. Romans chapter 8, you know it well, but I'm going to point out some things before I go into the points that I have this morning. I'm telling you, this is good. We're building up to the place that I believe God is speaking to us. Uh, Romans chapter 8, we're going to start at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad about that? No condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's good news, brothers and sisters. For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. And if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, then the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Look up here. Listen, that's good. that's good news because when you set your mind on things of the flesh, then you'll walk in the flesh. Walk in the flesh, you can't please God because God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So if you're walking in the flesh and you set your mind on the things of the flesh, that's what you'll have. Your mind has to be tuned into the things of the spirit. How do you do that? Well, it's just like you would set a clock. You put your mind, you place your mind, set it, on those things that are above, setting your mind to those things that God has, where Christ is. And we put our, put our minds, so we focus on the things of the flesh, that's how we'll walk. My mother used to say that to me all the time. She goes, Chris, get in the spirit all the time. Get in the spirit. I'd be like, how do, what, well, how do I do that? What, how, do, how do I get in the spirit? You know, do I do a dance? What, how do I get in the spirit? She's like, set your mind, get, your, get out of the flesh and get into the spirit of God. So then begin to think and begin to think his thoughts. How do you do that? How do you, because, and I'm telling you, in a world where there's so much flesh and there's so much carnality and walking in those things, it's how do you get your mind and set your mind on the things of the Spirit? He tells us to do that. Amen? And here's, here's, here's what we need to do, because there are so many ungodly beliefs. There's things God, Satan's always trying to get you to believe a lie. And remember, if, if the truth will make you free, then a lie will keep you in bondage. I'll say that again because I want you to hear that. If, uh, if the truth will make us free, then a lie will keep us in bondage. What lies have we believed? What ungodly beliefs have we believed about ourselves? What, 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 what beliefs have we, have we tried that we, we listened to and believed those lies and now are walking out those lies? And so I'm going to talk to you this morning. I'm going to have four. I'm actually going to break my uh, homiletics uh, law this morning. You're supposed to only do three points. I have four this morning. So please forgive me. Here's, and I, but you're going to remember them. The, here, I'm going to give you four points this morning of how we are to walk in the spirit. We're battle of the mind. How do you win? Because I want you to win. Everybody say, I want to win. 
I want to get paid to lose. I want to win. I want to win and walk in everything that God has. All the youth know where that came from. That's a saying from a old movie. They know where, where that came from. But we want to win. I want you winning. You are anointed to win. God has called you to win. You know how I know it? Because he's already won the victory. You know how I know that you're supposed to win? Because God has all power and all authority in his hand. You know how I know you're supposed to win? Because we, who, the Bible says that, he, that he's more than the world against us. If I'm for you, then I'm more than the world against you. That there's nothing that's too impossible for God that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I have the mind of Christ, that I'm seated in heavenly places above all the stuff that here's on the world. Not only that, he's given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's given me everything I need to win. So how do I know we win? Because we have the victory. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, my Lord. I've overcome not by the blood of the lamb, by the word of a testimony and not loving my life unto death. How do I know we win? because God has given me everything that I need that we need to be who he's called us to be and do what he's called us to be. So you're winners. You're winners. You're winners. You're already won. We've already won, but we're going to fight, right? We're going to fight. I, I, love, I love to see our believers walking in all that God has for them. So here's, my, here's point one. Now I'm going to say this word. It's not a bad word. It's been a bad word in the church, but this is not a bad word, Okay. It, it is, it is, it's not a four-letter word, but it is a, it has been a, it's gotten a bad rap. The first point is to repent. You got to repent. You got to change the way that you think. And that's what we're talking about, the mind. Repent. All ungodly beliefs. Any ungodly beliefs that you've had, any ungodly beliefs that you've, that, you, that the enemy has, we've got to repent for that. God, I, I choose. I'm sorry for, for thinking those thoughts about any thought that you've, that I thought about myself that you've not told me. I repent. I'm, a cha I'm changing the way that I think. And the way that I'm changing the way that I think, Lord, is I want to think your thoughts that you have toward me. Say, I know the thoughts I have toward you, saith God. To give you a future, to give you a hope. And so I want to line up with his word over my life. Amen? So, so there's a point. You need to repent. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. We said this, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of stronghold. Casting down every, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every, everybody say every, Every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Lord, I repent for thinking those thoughts that you've not thought about me. But every argument, every imagination. Here's another word that that, that, that word says, uh, um, talking about the war. Uh, every high thing in the, in the Greek, it also says every barrier. Anything that's between you and God, everything, casting down those arguments. Every argument that exalts itself against the knowledge, everything that you know to be true about God, you got to tear that down. Amen? And you got to be, we need to be at a place where we are, we, are, we are coming against those thoughts. I love travel. You guys know I like to travel. About this time last year, we was just coming off, it was actually a few weeks ago, a year ago, that Vanessa and I went to, went to London and had an amazing time. But you know what I hate about travel? The one thing I hate about travel Three letters, T-S-A. I hate going through T-S-A, man, because I can never get through T-S-A without them checking me, looking at me, trying to be like, I can't I always set that thing off. I don't know if I still got bullet fragments on the inside of me or whatever, but I walked, but they are relentless because somebody 
flew some planes in the building, and now we have, they check everything. You hear me? I'm checking, they check everything. I mean, I walked through that thing, beep, sir, 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 come over here, sir. I'm mean, like, what now? They're like, do you have a belt on? Like, I, I, I got nothing on. I just, I'm just, it's just, it's just me. They'd be like, here, we're going to pat you down. And they pat me down on the side. They pat me down on the back. They pat me down on my back. And they say, okay, then come back through. It's like, you just pat me down. Yeah, but we want to make sure that you, that you don't have anything. So I'm walking through TSA, and I'm telling you something. I've been there 20 minutes one time just trying to get through. I just want to get to the plane, the plane, the plane. I just want to get to the plane. Can I just get to the plane? They'd be like, we're not letting you through until we have checked everything that, that you could. We're not letting you through. It's for security. It's for safety. Now, you're laughing, but the truth is, is that we need to be that way about thoughts that come through our mind. You need to be TSA efficient about those thoughts that come through your mind. Hey, that thought, if it didn't come from God, we're not, we're not going to let it through. I don't care. Yeah, but I look good. I don't care. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, we're not letting you through. I'm patting you down on the side. I'm patting you. Yeah, I, don't, I don't care what you got because I'm not letting any thought through my mind that goes against what I know to be true about God in my life. I don't, I don't have time to be thinking about thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. I don't have time to be letting thoughts come through that don't line up with this word. Why? Because I got things to do. I got people to see. I got a world to change. I got people in my family that need, that need to be saved. I got, there's things that God has called me to do. Therefore, I, have, I want my mind to line up with everything that God has said about me so I'm going to be TSA efficient about those thoughts that come through my mind. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It's crazy. They do that. And so we got to repent. And then he tells us, this is what I love about this. He tells us what to think. He says, he says in Colossians, in Colossians chapter 3, 1 through 4, then you were raised with Christ. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind, tune your mind, put your mind, place your mind. Place your mind on things above and not on the things of the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, and when Christ, who is our life, appears, that you will also appear with him in glory. He tells us to think Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Meditate on these things. Finally, brother, whatsoever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, chew on, think about these things. He tells us what to place our mind, our mind on. Amen? Yeah. We repent, and then we chill, he tells us what, to, what we are to think about. I love baseball. I'm glad, I'm happy about baseball being back. Are you guys excited about that, you baseball fans? Some of you are just like, anything, anything sports-wise. I, I can't go back and watch those old games and stuff anymore. I love baseball, um, but the Lord was taking me back to a time when I, was, um, when I was younger and played baseball that we had this big, bad team um, that, that we played, and they were the Lions Club. And they were, man, they were all good. And, we, and I played for a team that was called First Presbyterian. It was a church that sponsored. And we were, I mean, our uniforms were ugly. I mean, we, we had bad players on the team, you know what I'm saying? And so we, we were just a bad team. I mean, we were just really bad. And my coach said to me, he goes, Chris, this is your, this is your time. You're going up to bat. And I mean, I mean, this is just before where I'd hit a home run. I told you about that a few, uh, a few weeks ago. I hit a home run, and I was excited. And the coach was like, this is your time. And I was just like, man, coach, do you know? Do you know? I mean, that's, that's Chris Ezel. 
He's like one of the baddest pitchers that, I mean, he's amazing. He goes, he's not better than you, Chris. He's not better than you. You're good. He goes, you're going to get up there and you're going to hit that ball. I go, I am? He goes, oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, some of y'all are laughing, but the truth is this. Some of you are beat before you even get in the batter's box because you've been meditating on things that God has not called you to meditate on. You're beat even before you get in the box. And I got up there and I struck out. You know why? Not because the guy was, was, was just the best pitcher. He was, but because I was beat before I even got in the box. And I'm telling you what, some of you have been beat even before you get to work. You're beat even before you go into the grocery store. You're beat even before you go into the school. You're beat before you take the test. Why? Because you're not thinking the thoughts that God has for you, saith the Lord. I'm telling you, he's rooting for you. All of heaven is rooting for you. And we step in and be like, I'm not going to. We sound like Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh. Oh, dear. My tail fell off. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. Oh, dear. I'm telling you, God wants you to be Tigger. <laughs> yeah, I know God has good things in store for me. I'm going to win. I'm going to win because God has good things. I'm telling you, you need to tell you laughing, but you do. You need to be Tigger bouncing up and down. You need to be obnoxious to the enemy. I'm going to win because he has called me to win. I'm anointed to win. I'm loving the fact that I'm winning. We are winning because God says we are. And I'm telling you what, God has already made a way for me. <laughs> I love to win. Amen. But some of us walk around like we've been sucking on persimmons and we've been, you know, man, you need to follow the Lord, the same God that I serve. If you knew who I serve, man, you would love to be in the body of Christ and believers. So amazing to be in the body of Christ and so glad I'm saved. No, man, I don't want to follow your God. I want to follow somebody who's excited to be in the kingdom that is called for such a time as this. There's somebody who God has already lifted up and he's already called them to. I'm, I want to follow somebody that's going after God with everything on the inside of them and they think like him because they have the mind of Christ. You understand what I'm saying? So repent, repent. The second word is another R word is renew. You have to renew your mind with the word of God. We need to renew our mind. How do you do that? We repent, then we renew. Then you know what the Bible says in Romans 12? It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the, the renewing of, the, of your mind with the word of God, the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is acceptable and perfect will of God. The word, the word renewing is, is a, from the Greek word anakinosis, which means a renovation. There's another word for renewing, means to renovate. Anybody ever had to re renovate a house? That means that you take out all the old furniture, you take out all the old stuff, and you renew it, put it in there. With, you got to replace the old furniture. Look up here at me for a second. I want you to hear this. You need to replace the old thoughts, those old thoughts, that old furniture, that old stuff that don't belong in the house, and bring in the house the renewing, the Word of God, what the Word of God is saying about. You need to renew it with the Word of God. What is the Word saying about who you are? What is the Word of God saying about your circumstance? What is the Word of God saying about your marriage? What does it say about your finances? What does it say about who you are? What is going on? I want to replace. I want to renovate the, 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 my mind with the word of God. I want to go all, out with the old. We had a house, and my, my dad, when we first got in, when we first got in the house, he was like, man, I just love paneling. 
Man, I couldn't wait, Pastor Terry, to get that stuff out of that house. I hated paneling. It just lit, it had a look. It looked good in the beginning, but as time went on, you're like, goodness, I got to get this out of here. Listen, some of you need to be that way. I got to get this out of here. That's old thinking. I got to get that out of here. I, I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to think that way about myself anymore. I'm not going to have that in my house anymore because God is a carpenter. Jesus was a carpenter, and so he's building the house. The Bible says, unless God builds the house, they that labor are doing it in vain. I want God to build the house and that's in my mind so that I can think what he wants me to think. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. Trusting in his word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will stand forever. The grass withers, the flower fades, but his word will stand forever. Engaging in the word, renewing our mind with the word of God. Amen? Trusting in what his word says about who we are. I love this, that old song says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus." What does it say? "'Just to take him at his word, "'just to rest upon his, his promise, "'just to know the saith the Lord.'" Finish it. "'Jesus.'" How I, yeah, how I prove him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, to trust him. Standing on that, it's sweet to trust in Jesus. It's sweet to take him just at his word. I love it when I can say this about him. I'll just take you at your word because I know that your promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus. I know that your promises cannot fail. I'm standing on the promises of God. And I know that they will not fail me. But being able to, to stand, stand on the promises of God. Here's an illustration for that. I'm not going to read the scripture for the sake of time. But I want to say this. Pastor Terry has said it. I'm saying it too. And that is the biggest battle that you will ever face is right between your ears. Right? You'll think it'd be sickness or COVID or, or, or Black Lives Matter, whatever it is that's going on. But I'm telling you, it's right between your ears. But here's what it says, what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, one through 9. I'm going to read the whole thing. But, it, but here's what he told them about the word of God. And, and here's what it says. I'm going to skip down to verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and they shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Here's what I want you to see about that scripture. In order for you to win the battle between your ears, the word of God needs to be the frontlets between your eyes. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.